0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to A Natural State of Murder. I am your host, Jess. And as always, I am very excited to be here with you today. I hope that your weekend was absolutely splendid. Today, we are going to be in Colorado discussing the case of Gannon Stouk. 11-year-old Gannon Stouck lived with his father, Eugene Albert Stouck, his stepmother, Leticia Stouck, and his sister, Lena, 8 years old, and his stepsister, Harley, 17 years old. They lived in the Lorsen Ranch neighborhood of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Gannon's mom, Landon Hyatt, lived in South Carolina, and while his parents were divorced, they shared custody of Gannon and Lena. Al was in the Colorado National Guard, and while the family had moved around a bit, they were now stationed in Colorado. Al had the children during the school year because they felt the schools were better there, and Landon had the kids during the summer and the holidays. On January twenty seventh, 2020, Leticia called 911 and reported Gannon missing around 6.55 p.m., She reported Gannett had gone to a friend's house and was supposed to be home by 6 p.m., almost an hour prior, but she could not find him anywhere. When police arrived, she said that she had last seen him around 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. The El Paso County Sheriff's Office was law enforcement on scene, and they did a limited search of the home and property, But they could not locate Gannon either, and there was also no one else in the home at the time. Leticia told police that she had gone to a neighbor's home to see if they had seen Gannon, and they had not. And she said that she also sent Harley to look for him at a local park, and they were unable to find him there either. So Gannon was initially listed as a runaway. Al was on deployment with the National Guard, and he had spent the night in Denver on the 25th and flew out the next day. On the 28th, he flew back to Colorado to help look for his son. Landon also arrived in Colorado Springs on the 28th, terrified and hoping to find her son quickly. Al had allowed Landon to stay at their home, and Leticia had issues with this. She and Harley went to stay at a hotel, and it is unknown if that was because she did not want to be around Landon or if it was because Al had kicked her out of the house. Either way, things started going downhill for Leticia quickly after this. On Thursday, January 30th, police upgraded Gannon's case to an endangered missing child. They said there were multiple reasons for the upgrade, including the weather, it was cold and there was snow on the ground, as well as the amount of time that he had been gone. They also mentioned it gave them access to resources from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, as well as the FBI's Child Abduction Rapid Deployment Team. And with that, the FBI also enjoined the investigation. Police also encouraged people to stop spreading false information and rumors on Facebook and other social media platforms. They said it was hindering the investigation because it was creating false leads. Social media, however, was tearing Leticia to shreds from the very beginning. Rumors were spreading like wildfire. There was talk Leticia was not being cooperative with the investigation. Some speculated that she and Al had been discussing getting a divorce as recently as mid January. There were rumors that she had disappeared for several days and was not seen in Colorado Springs. Word also spread that she had applied for jobs as an air stewardess in Miami and a teaching job. And she was offered that teaching job, but the offer was taken back because her credentials from her last job were not accurate. Rumors also really ramped up that Leticia was involved in Gannon's disappearance. On February 3rd, Leticia decided to go on live TV and address the rumors, along with acting a fool on social media creating fake accounts and responding to posts in Facebook groups, defending herself on these fake accounts, as well as dragging Landon through the mud. She declared, I took care of Gannon the last two years in our home. Basically, give me an award. She does go on to say that she would never hurt this child, and law enforcement will tell you I have cooperated, and our goal is to bring Gannon home. With that being said, she also wanted someone to give her a hug because she had gotten like 20 death threats. The case was quickly intensifying along with the investigation because no one, absolutely no one, was buying her utter bullshit. Leticia said the day before Gannon went missing, they were hiking at Garden of the Gods, and she had taken some pictures of Gannon on that hike, so we know for a fact that Gannon was with her the night before. On the 27th, Leticia claimed that Gannon had something wrong with his stomach, he wasn't feeling well, and so she kept him home from school. That same night is when she reported him missing. That morning, she did contact the school and she told them that he would not be there that day. And she also sent a message to Al telling him that she was going to call into work and stay home with Gannon. And she did call into work. She texted someone from work to let them know that she would not be in that day because her stepdad had been hit by a car. Obviously, this was not true. On the morning of the 28th, Leticia rented a 2019 Kia Rio from Avis. She picked Al up in that car from the airport. While there was nothing wrong with her vehicle, a Volkswagen Tiguan, she told Al that she was worried about putting too many miles on her SUV. I guess that she thought that she was going to be driving all over God's creation looking for Ganon. Strange, considering while she had the Kia, she only put 71 miles on the car. Also strange, she would not tell Al where the vehicle was. She was very vague about it, and she would only say that it was parked near French Elementary. Later, they would find out that her SUV had been parked in short-term parking at the Colorado Springs Airport until 7 p.m. on the 28th, and Leticia returned the Kia the next morning on the 29th. Police did a more extensive search of the home and vehicles from the 28th to the 29th. They found a saucer-sized blood stain on Gannon's carpet under his bed, And it was right under his bed where his head would have been lying, like if he had his head lying on the pillow. And there was so much blood, it had soaked through the carpet onto the concrete underneath. Blood spatter was found on the walls, and blood was found inside and around an outlet in Gannon's room. There was also blood found in the garage and in the back of Leticia's SUV. Body cam footage from the 27th showed that now Gannon's bed had different bedding on it, and his bed had also been moved from its normal position against the wall, and that footage also showed that Leticia's vehicle had been backed into the garage that night, which Al said was odd and was not their normal parking arrangements. It put the back of the SUV near the door Like to the house where you would go in and out of the garage into the house. And, you know, it would have made it easier for her to say, I don't know, load a body in the back of the vehicle. On January 31st, a piece of particle wood and a blood-soaked sock was found randomly along the back isolated roads of Douglas County. Leticia also made a statement around this time begging everyone to watch for strange cars in the area because she was 100% convinced that Gannon had been trafficked. By February the 4th, everyone in the neighborhood in the Colorado Springs area is doing anything and everything they can to find Gannon. Neighbors started going through their security cameras, their ring cameras, and one of them found something. One neighbor found Leticia leaving with Gannon around 10.15 a.m. on the 27th. He seemed really slow to get into the truck, and they used Al's truck to leave. When the truck came back around 2 p.m., the video only shows Leticia getting out of the truck. Although, law enforcement would later confirm Gannon did come back with her. Leticia claimed that they had errands and that she had gone to Petco not once, but twice. Gannon is never seen on video at Petco with Leticia, but she is seen looking out of the doors and the windows while she's checking out. Like she's looking out into the parking lot checking on something. And so, Gannon may have been in the truck. When Al was shown the video by the neighbor, he broke down and he said Leticia had lied to him about everything. On January 29th, Leticia was interviewed by police at the sheriff's department. She had declined to speak to police face-to-face leading up to this. I assume that she thought that she would give her runaway story and no one else would question her further or have more detailed questions for her about her missing stepson. She did not want police coming to her home. Why? I don't know. Maybe she didn't want to be present and see Landon in her home, or maybe she was just super pissed that she had gotten kicked out of her house Or maybe she did not want to be present and confronted about the bloody mess in Gannon's room. Leticia was supposed to be at that interview at 10 a.m., but she did not arrive until noon. Why, you ask? Because she had to run her SUV through the car wash. Because evidence. She brought several notes with her to this interview. She was legit like, can I just read my notes and let's just call this settled? No, T. No, we cannot. This is not how any of this works. Leticia and her notes and her story made a sharp left turn and went way, way, way out past left field. Her story completely changed. Leticia now claims that she was held at gunpoint and raped by a Hispanic man named Aguardo, and then he kidnapped Gannon. Oh, and she had deets. She said that she and Gannon got home around 2.30, she went into the basement, Aguardo attacked her, held a gun to her head, and raped her from 3.30 to 4.30. She said Gannon jumped on Aguardo's back, but he threw Gannon off. She then claimed Aguardo did let her go upstairs when Lena got home from school, and she sent her outside to play. Lena, by the way, was seen playing outside of the home after she got home from school. She said when she got back in the basement, Aguardo had a gun held to Gannon's head And he demanded that she give him a suitcase and a cardboard box. Leticia said that he tried to rape her again, but she hit her head and she was knocked out. Instead of calling 911, I don't know, the police, like the rest of us would have done, Leticia said that she cleaned up the area where this attack happened, which just happened to be Gannon's room. Leticia had sent text messages to Al and video the night before saying that Gannon had knocked over a candle and burned the carpet. She said she drove around the neighborhood to construction sites and that is where she met Eduardo. She said she gave him the code to their garage and he agreed that he would fix the carpet while she and Gannon were out shopping the next day. Even though we know this is a big fat lie, I am just curious, has anyone ever talked to this lunatic about stranger danger? I don't know, just curious. Leticia refused to go to the hospital to have a sexual assault exam done. But phone records show Leticia was texting or calling Al and others during the time that she said she was being raped. ADT records also show that she or someone else was constantly up and down the stairs and out the back door during this time as well. The police had a warrant, and they took Leticia's phone during this interview, but they also detained her until they got a warrant to get a sample of her DNA. This quackadoodle started stuffing tissues down her pants as one does when they are being questioned by the police. She then said that she could not breathe and she was having chest pains. I mean, I guess I would too if I was a guilty liar, liar, pants on fire. She was transported to the hospital where on arrival, she was blessed by the Lord with his healing power and she made a miraculous recovery and she wanted to go home. But that did not happen before law enforcement got that warrant and they were able to collect her DNA. She refused a SANE exam, which is a sexual assault nurse exam done by specially trained nurses on victims of sexual assault. And she left the hospital AMA. And just like that, Laetitia Stouck slapped every victim of rape right in the face. Authorities were granted search warrants to gather cell historical data from Leticia and from Harley's phones. Unusual activity was seen in her history, which included her turning her phone off on the 28th. She turned her phone off for several hours. And let me tell you, this super bitch was always on the phone, and so this was very odd for her. Leticia was also placed in the same area where the piece of bloody particle board and the bloody sock was found, both of which were a positive match to Gannon's blood. Leticia also made false statements to friends, family, and Al via text. On the 28th, she told Stephanie, the babysitter, that she had told Gannon to be home by 6, When Stephanie asked if he had gone to school that day, Leticia told her that he had gone to the doctor for his stomach, which Gannon never went to the doctor that day. Also, when asked which friend he went to play with, Leticia told Stephanie that she didn't know because she really didn't keep up with his friends. If your child leaves to go somewhere, how in the hell do you not know who they left with, and where they are supposed to be going. On January 27th at 4.52 p.m., Leticia sent a text to Harley asking her to pick up two things of carpet cleaner, baking soda, and trash bags. This would have been right after the time period she alleges she was raped. In many of these messages and searches that Leticia did, she would mistakenly hit the period mid-sentence, and sometimes she would do it several times in the same sentence. Gannon's phone was still at home, and the last search on his phone contained the same mistake. And the search said, can my parent find my iPhone if it's turned off? There were multiple periods in that sentence. From January 25th to the 28th, Leticia's search history shows that she was not happily married, that she was feeling very bitter in some other kind of way, having to help Al take care of his kids. Some of her searches included a condo, two bedroom apartments in Florida, real military singles, I'm doing all the work for my stepkids and their mom doesn't help. One day, some people will wish they had treated me differently, find me a rich guy that wants me to take care of his kids, and find me a rich guy to take care of his kids and get paid. At 12 a.m. on the 27th, the searches are a little different. They included, my son burned the carpet, how do I fix it? Colorado law for leaving kid alone. Son is sick, but I have to go to work. Suede repair for sofa. On the 28th, her searches included police steps for our runaway. Can Nintendo find my Switch? Other searches that had been deleted included find me a new husband book. I feel like I'm just a nanny and not a stepmom. Husband uses me to babysit his kids and make my husband want me more. Leticia's statements to Al changed drastically over time as well, especially like when she spoke to him on the phone or by text, and she is a complete dumbass if she ever thought her conversations with him were not being monitored or recorded. She gave explanations to Al about why there would be blood in Gannon's room on his walls, in the garage, and on her SUV. It was information that had not been given to her, and information only someone familiar with the crime scene would know. Police asked Al to continue to talk with her by phone, and they recorded these conversations. These conversations started on February the 13th. She told him a story about Gannon burning himself with a candle to the point his skin started to bubble, and from that blister popping, Gannon wiped blood on the wall. That must have been the world's largest blister. She had not been asked about the blood on the wall. She had not been told there was blood there. And even so, it does not account for the splatter pattern on the wall or the amount of blood found. On February 14th, she told Al four new stories about what happened to Gannon on the 27th. First story. She told him the man that took Gannon was still in the house when police arrived. She said that she tried to make signals to the police that someone was still in the house. Remember, they did do a search of the house and property looking for Gannon and no one else was there. Second story of the day, straight from the book of Teabag, was that a man named Quincy Brown raped her at home and then kidnapped Gannon. She said she knew who he was because his ID fell out of his pocket. She sent Al a picture of Quincy through text And it was a photo from online where he was listed publicly as a most wanted person. Her third story went like this. She said Quincy followed her home from Petco. And she said she came up on a guy lying in the middle of the road and she stopped so she wouldn't hit him. And then Quincy jumped in the truck and made her drive him home and he raped her there. Her fourth story and grand finale of that day, Leticia said she and Gannon were in North El Paso County near County Line Road and Highway 105. She said Gannon was riding his bike and fell and hit his head and then he was abducted by Quincy who was being driven by a man named Terrence. Why would she have him out in the middle of nowhere riding a bicycle when they live in a very nice neighborhood that has streets and sidewalks and their friends to play with and is safe. However, this story is very convenient considering the same area where Leticia said story number four happened is where law enforcement was very publicly searching for Gannon because this is where his blood was found. GPS also showed that Leticia had been to this area, and she had actually returned to the same area in the middle of the night on the 28th. On February 15th, Leticia spoke to Al again, and she tells him the story about the bike was a lie. I'm shocked. She only she said that she only told him that story because she thought that was what he wanted to hear. Basically, she said, I was trying to save your feelings. What really happened was, the reason why there is a large blood stain in the corner of Gannon's room is because it is his blood and my blood. There is blood there because this man anally penetrated me and Gannon with an object but he really was still there when the police came to the house. Quincy Brown was listed on the El Paso County Most Wanted website for failure to register as a sex offender. His photo on that site was the same one Leticia sent to Al, and he also had a 2001 arrest for kidnapping in El Paso County Leticia did her research. Not that Quincy is a victim, but he was the perfect target for teabag to place blame on. Also, DNA did show that Leticia's blood was mixed with Gannon's in that corner. That in no way means that she was raped, but what it does mean is that Gannon fought back, and she was making up yet another excuse as to why evidence would be found where it was found on february 16th leticia told Tila cummings that she was giving al so many false stories because he would not believe anything that she told him i could not imagine why Leticia made another statement to the media about wanting Gannon to come home because he needed to go see that new Sonic movie and wear that cool new shirt that she had bought him that was still hanging in his closet. Oh my, isn't she just the step monster of the year? But people needed to stop being mean to her and spreading rumors about her because Gannon wouldn't like it. And Al is being so strong for her and their family. And the police can't update about her cooperation because it's still an active investigation. But she is doing super great at being a witness and cooperating. So, okay, bye. After she made this statement... Al and Landon told Leticia to shut her whore mouth and stop talking to the media. This is also around the same time Leticia left Colorado and went to South Carolina. Harley flew alone to South Carolina, but Leticia drove, and she took a southern route that would take her through Florida, and that drive took her 28 hours. There was another route that was more of a straight shot to South Carolina that would have taken six hours off of her trip, so the way that she went made absolutely no sense. On February 17th, she texted a friend and said that she was thinking about flying back to Colorado. I guess that she thought she was cute because she went on to say, they think I'm still in Colorado. Lying teabag stout actually thought that she was outsmarting the El Paso County Sheriff's Office, Gannon's parents, everyone else involved, and the F.B. freaking eye. That same day, she texted another friend and said that she was going to be taking a polygraph. It couldn't be used in court and the police were not going to be there. Her next golden idea came on February 18th when she called a number that was linked to a website called fakepolygraph.com. I cannot make this ish up. Fakepolygraph.com, doctor's fake polygraph results. You provide the questions and the answers, and they provide proof that you passed your test with flying colors. It is a paid service, and Leticia had called because she had not received her test. When she called back a second time, she was advised that management had flagged her order due to the nature of the questions that included things like, Did you kill your stepson? They are the real MVP for keeping her money, not giving her a refund, and not providing her service. I think this website is more for like the lying, cheating, significant other type situations, and I am really impressed that they did not go along with her royal shit show circus. On March 2nd, 2020, Leticia Stouck was arrested in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. She was charged with murder in the first degree of a child under 12 while acting in a position of trust child abuse resulting in death, and tampering with the deceased body as well as tampering with evidence. She consistently lied, changed her story, and refused to cooperate. Police believe she killed Gannon in his room on the 27th during the time she claimed she was being raped, cleaned up the murder scene, put Gannon's body in the back of her SUV, kept him in there while the SUV was parked at the airport, went and dumped him somewhere on the night of the 28th, and then returned to the area to either check to make sure his remains were well hidden, or maybe she even moved him. While she was being transported back to Colorado, Leticia attacked a guard to the point he needed medical attention. She was already preparing for her insanity defense. I don't think she actually thought she was going to get away. On March 18th, a body was found in a brown suitcase believed to be Gannon. The body was found in Pace, Florida, near Pensacola. Al had reported on January 28th that there was a brown suitcase missing from his home. On March 20th, it was tentatively identified as Gannon. Leticia's long way around trip now made sense. It was also the same suitcase that Al had reported missing, the same suitcase that Leticia said Aguardo took from the house when he took Gannon. Leticia is still sitting in jail while she twirls around her cell, plays with light switches and electrical sockets, attempting to make herself look insane. She has had two psych evals and has been found competent at both competency hearings and is fit to stand trial. While Leticia Teabag Stanky Stout is innocent until proven guilty in court, she will sit in jail until her trial. L has since filed to for divorce and has moved out of the home in Lorson Ranch. Leticia's charges added after the discovery of Gannon's body include first-degree murder with the use of a deadly weapon times three, once with a gun, once with a knife, and once with a blunt object. All three separate charges, not one or the other but all three. I will keep you updated on Leticia's court dates, trial, and any other updates to Gannon's case. Thank you so much for listening, and I cannot wait to see you back next time. Thank you.